We're going to have a good time this morning, all right? Um, if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. That's where we're going to be at in our time together. And uh, again, I can't remember who all was here last time I was here about a month ago. Um, plus, it's really hard to get to know everybody when you're just looking at like the bridge of their nose up. Have you guys seen Home Improvement? Who remembers Home Improvement? I feel like for the last nine months, it's like everybody is Wilson, the neighbor where you don't see anything below his nose. Okay. Uh, so if I've met you and I ask for your name again, I'm sorry. I, a lot of new faces, a lot of new halves of faces, and uh, I will probably ask your name several times over the next, uh, the next few weeks, so please be patient with me. Uh, but we're excited to be here. Uh, my wife Kelly is here, and I have four little ones around here somewhere, okay, if we didn't get to meet you last time. Uh, Owen is seven, Henry's five, uh, Elliot is three, I got to think about this, I got a lot, uh, and Graham is one, and so we are excited to officially be here, even though we're kind of like in between right now, this sort of transitional phase between being in Somerset and being in E-Town, and so all that goes with that. Um, but a couple weeks ago, Pastor Scott, uh, when it became clear that, that this was going to be, uh, I was going to be your campus pastor, um, we were talking about this Sunday and what, you know, what we would preach on, what we would talk about this Sunday, and um, he called me, and, and I, you know, he's like, hey, are you comfortable preaching on week one? And I was like, well, yeah, of course, that's what you hired me to do, right? Uh, and so I said, yes, I'll do that. Is there any sort of series that we're going to be in? Is there any sort of book of the Bible, any passage? Like, Where do you want me to go? And he said both the best and the most horrifying words for any preacher, just whatever the Lord lays on your heart. All right, so, so that's... Uh, now, that, like, there's freedom in that. Right, but it's also intimidating because I've got all of this to pick one thing, right, or one text, or one passage, or one topic, uh, and so that that was the challenge for me over the last few weeks is thinking through that, and it's kind of like being a kid in a candy store where you send them, you know, down the candy aisle or whatever, and you say you can pick one thing, and you just stand there and you're like, uh, or if you're like my kids, they pick something. And on the way out of the aisle, it's, oh, no, 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 I want this instead, right? And so that's kind of what I've been like the last few weeks. I was bouncing ideas off of Andrew, um, trying to get a feel for, for what would be right um, for us this first Sunday together. And there's this really interesting thing that happened. This is not even in my notes. This is extra. So uh, I, I sent him kind of three or four passages I was thinking about preaching on. Um, it's like, you know, here's what I'm thinking. Uh, give me your feedback. And uh, so Andrew's preaching over at Springfield today, and it just so happened that one of the passages I had put down, he, he said, hey, I was really leaning on that one too. That's confirmation. That's what we're going to do then, All right? So 1 Corinthians 15 uh, is where we're going to be. And um, to, to kind of preface it a little bit, obviously this is a, a fresh start sort of Sunday, right? We've got the first Sunday of a new year, um, hopefully... Hopefully this next year will not be anything like the last year. Although I listened to Pastor Scott's message last week, we want to be careful about just doing away with last year because the Lord was doing something in us and through us. And, uh, but it's it's a new it's a new start. Right? It's a new a new year, a fresh start, twenty twenty one. And and I think what I would want us to do this morning is just kind of reorient uh, 
our hearts and our minds uh, to kind of recalibrate a little bit for the new year. All right, so that's the first thing. Uh, but then the second thing, uh, it's a fresh start for this campus, in a sense. Um, there was good work happening before. I know that. Um, but but I know that, that through Sean and then through Pastor Andrew, um, you know, that, that they've been looking forward to, to putting someone here as the campus pastor. And so I'm excited to be here. And, and I'm excited about what I'm praying and hoping will be years and years of fruitful ministry here at South Wilson, uh, in E-Town and the surrounding community. So like in, a, in a several different ways, this is like a fresh start sort of Sunday. All right, so uh, with that in mind, here's, here's my goals for today. All right, I've got two. Is one that we would, uh, from God's Word, from, from 1 Corinthians 15, that we would get uh, sort of a, a place to recenter for this coming year, right, for 2021, a place to uh, kind of recalibrate, focus back on what's most important, what's the, the, the primary thing, but then also that, uh, that we would kind of lay a foundation for, um, again, what I'm praying and what I hope you're praying will be years and years and years of fruitful ministry here. Okay, so that's, that's our goal this morning. But let me, let me pray for us first. I think that would be a, an appropriate place to start, and then we'll dive in. All right, let's pray together. Lord, we come to you this morning. And uh, we just want to say thank you uh, for your grace that we just sing about. Um, Lord, thank you for your mercy. I thank you for these men and women gathered here in this room, in this place, this first Sunday of the new year. And we, we thank you for sustaining us um, through the previous year. Thank you for uh, just in all the craziness that was 2020, that we can still be here the first Sunday of 2021 and uh, and worship you and give you all glory and honor and praise that you deserve. So I pray that for the next few minutes in our time together, um, that you would bless the reading of your word, uh, that you would help us to receive your word, uh, that you would help us be more than just hearers, that you would help us to be doers of your word. So Lord, I pray that um, Lord, your spirit is here and we pray that, that we would just sense it in a tangible way, and that, that your Spirit would empower even the words that I have to say this morning. Lord, without, without your Holy Spirit moving uh, through your Word and, and through a sermon, um, Father, my words are powerless. So I'm praying for your Spirit to move, your Spirit to work in us and through us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm going to read the first four verses and then we'll, we'll talk about it. So here's where Paul starts. Verse 1, it says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. All right, so to give a little context here, now that, that passage goes on and Paul's thoughts go on, but to give a little context, um, 1 Corinthians is uh, Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. Fun fact, it's actually not his first letter to the church in Corinth. Because in this letter, he refers to a previous letter, but for reasons that we don't know, that God has not revealed to us, he decided not to... Uh, Keep that letter intact. So, so this is our first letter to the church in Corinth. Uh, and if you know anything about Corinth, uh, it was a, 
It was a major city. It was a big city. It was an important city in that day. Uh, one commentator uh, that I read uh, this last week said that it was basically a combination of like, to help our wrap our minds around it, think like New York, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, there. Right? That's kind of what Corinth was. A major city uh, at that point in time uh, in the first century because of its proximity to certain trade routes and, and, and different things. It's an important city. And so because of that, Corinth is uh, under the influence of a lot of different cultures and uh, a lot of different religions and, and all, all sorts of stuff. So Paul goes, you can read about it in Acts chapter uh, 18. Paul goes and he, and he preaches the gospel in Corinth and the church is born and the church grows there. But because they're in this place where there's uh, lots of different influence from uh, a lot of different sources that would be uh, contrary to the gospel that, that Paul preached, uh, the church in Corinth begins to be pulled in different directions uh, by the things that they're being taught, by the, the cultural influences there. And so Paul gets wind of that. And Paul, like he does throughout the New Testament, he, he, writes, uh, he writes a letter. Okay, It's kind of like the, what we would do if we hear about something going on and we send an email. So Paul writes a letter to the church in Corinth uh, to kind of address some of these things that they're dealing with, some of the ways that they've erred, uh, some of the ways that they've fallen into sin, some of the ways that they are living that is uh, not compatible with the gospel that he's already preached to them. Okay, so that's the overarching uh, picture of the book of 1 Corinthians. But specifically in chapter 15, uh, Paul is addressing, there's, there's a group of um, professing believers there that uh, they deny the bodily resurrection of Jesus. Uh, and and be, you know, as a result of that, they deny the, the bodily resurrection of believers. They say that, that when you die, like, your, your body does not physically resurrect at any point in the future. And so Paul is saying that's not true. That's not right. First of all, Christ was raised from the dead. That's central to the gospel, right? And so that's kind of what he goes on and builds out uh, in, the, in the rest of this chapter. Is he just builds out this whole big argument for why you can, you can believe in the bodily resurrection, why you have to believe in the bodily resurrection uh, to be faithful to the gospel, Okay. But what I think is interesting and what I want us to focus on today is, is, is I don't, my goal this morning is not for us to talk about why you should believe in the bodily resurrection, though I think you should, right? My goal is if you, you look at Paul's argument, he's going to begin it in a very important place. Right? He doesn't begin it with uh, some new information. He doesn't begin his argument with some new piece of evidence. No, he begins his argument with with something that's actually not news to these people at all. Look at what he says in verse 1. It says, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel that I preached to you. Right, he's he's going to make an argument for believing in the physical resurrection, but he roots it in the gospel. Right? He roots it in the gospel. And the reason I think he does that is if you look in verse 3, he says, he's telling them, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. So he talks about the gospel and he says the gospel is of first importance. In other words, Paul is saying this is the most important thing. Right? It's foundational. Right? You can believe, uh, you, you can get a lot of things like, right, but if you don't get the gospel right, then you've gotten everything else wrong, is what Paul's saying. 
And so what I want to do is use this as a springboard for us this morning. We're going to talk about kind of recalibrating our lives, recentering our lives, refocusing our re-whatever our lives in this new year, and talk about the foundation we want to build on here for, for years and years and years and years to come. All right, we've got to start with what's most important, and that's the gospel. Because we can do a lot of things right and we can do a lot of things well. But if we don't get this right, then we've gotten everything else wrong. So we, we begin where Paul begins his argument with the gospel. And, and he does this throughout all his letters. If you read through the New Testament, the, the letters that have been attributed to Paul, he almost always starts with the first few chapters. Here's the gospel. Here's what the gospel is. Here's what it means for you. Here's why it's important to you. And then he goes on to the here's what you should do because of that. All right, so the point is that the gospel is foundational, and if we don't get that right, then, then we're gonna, everything else is going to be shaky. All right, I don't know if you've ever built a house but if, or built anything, but if you don't get the foundation right, then the rest of it gets a little wonky, right? And so if, if we don't get the gospel right, then we're in danger of getting a lot of things wrong. So, the gospel. What is the gospel? Because I think... If we're going to talk about the gospel, it's important that we define the gospel, okay? And and here's where um, here's where we can fall into some danger, right? Because the word gospel gets thrown around a lot. Like uh, we attach it to certain types of music. We like we use it in a lot of different ways. In fact, I read a book a few years ago that talked about the gospel um, being sort of a a junk drawer word. The danger is that it can be a junk drawer word. How many guys have junk drawers in your houses? How many guys are like me and the junk drawer brings you great anxiety? Yes. All right, I'm a firm believer that there's a place for everything and everything has its place. And I think junk drawers, like they, like they make me anxious. Like when Kelly tells me to go find something out of the junk drawer, I'm like, oh, like I can just feel like my heart rate increase, you know? And, but why do we have them? Because like there's this, there's this place in our homes uh, where we don't really know where to put these things, so we just throw them into the junk drawer, right? And if we're not careful, we kind of do that with the gospel. And what I mean by that is, is we got this word gospel that we all kind of know, but then we all just kind of throw certain things in it, like um, God loves you. That's true, but that's not the gospel. At least that's not the whole gospel, right? God has a plan for your life. That's true, and that's wonderful, but that is not the gospel. So I think if we're going to reorient our lives this year on the gospel, if we're going to build a foundation here for the gospel, it's, it's important that we define what the gospel is. And thankfully, Paul has defined it for us. All right, so he says this in verse 3. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. And here's what he says. This is the explicit God that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Right? So, so here Paul lays out in the most like explicit, simple form, here's what the gospel is. It's that Jesus Christ died for our sins that he was buried, and that he was raised again on the third day. 
Now, that's really simplistic. I know that. Okay? And so can we add things like to help maybe uh, explain the gospel a little better? Yes. Can we add things that maybe, uh, maybe help people understand the gospel a little better? Yes. But at its central core, like that is the gospel message, right? That Jesus Christ died for our sins, that he was buried, and that he rose again. All right, so you got, you've got the problem, which is our sin. And then you've got the solution, which is Jesus and his perfect life, his sacrificial death, and his resurrection. Like that's the heart of the gospel. And so we can say a lot of other things like God loves you, God has a plan for your life, and those are good and right. But like we've got to know for sure like what the gospel is so that we can root ourselves in it. Right, So we can orient our lives around it. So the gospel is the good news. It is good news that Jesus Christ died for our sins, that he was buried and that he was raised again on the third day to prove his victory over our sin. Right? I've heard it said before that, that Christ's death was, kind of, was the payment for our sin and then the resurrection was uh, kind of like the check clears. Right? I've heard that illustration before. I don't know if that's helpful for you. It's helpful for me, but... Um, but that's what the, the gospel is. And, and it leads me to, I got three points this morning. All right. My first point is this, that the gospel saves. All right. The gospel saves. All right. This is explicit here in the text, right? He's, he talks about, remind you of the gospel, right? Which I preached to you, in which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. The gospel saves. So listen, if, if you're here this morning, Let's just do this. Um, I don't know how you came in here this morning. Okay, some of you I've met. Some of you I don't know. I haven't met. Um, some of you guys have been here every week faithfully. Some of you guys, this may be your first Sunday back in a long time. Maybe this is your first Sunday back in church in a really long time, and you're like, I'm starting off the new year, right? Uh, my new year's resolution is to, to get in church. Uh, maybe you're tuning in online. where the, There's the camera. Uh, look for the red dot. Maybe you're tuning in online and uh, somebody sent you a link to listen to the sermon. Um, however you're here, maybe the gospel, like me talking about that, maybe it actually is news to you. Like maybe it's, maybe you, you've heard about Jesus, you've heard about God's love, but you've never heard it explicitly stated like Jesus died for your sins, right? And what I want you to know, like if that's you here this morning, right, the good news of the gospel is that it saves. Right? Yes, God loves you. Yes, God has a plan for your life. But there's also a problem, and that is our sin. And the good news of the gospel is that though our sin separates us from a holy God, that same holy God saw us in our desperate state and sent His Son to pay the full price for our sins. So if you're here this morning, you've never, you've never heard the gospel, you've never received the gospel, you've never repented of your sin and believed, and I, I would invite you to do that this morning. Right, I would invite you to do that. Well, at the end of the service here, in a, in a few minutes, be a time for you to respond. Um, maybe you just have some questions. Right, I'll be here after service. We can talk. Maybe you are at home right now, and you're like, I'm not there. I don't know what to do. Uh, there will be ways on the screen at the end of the service for you to get in touch with us. Right? 
foundationally, we want you to know that the gospel saves. Because that's most important. Right? What a way to start off the new year. Right? To, to put your faith and trust in Jesus who saves. Right? So the gospel saves. Okay, but, but my, um, I suspect that many of us in here, like we've heard the gospel. We know the gospel. Some of you guys um, sitting in here are looking up at the scrawny guy on stage and you're being like, dude, I've, I've been saved longer than you've been alive. 33 years, if you're wondering. I'm 33. Okay. And so like the gospel is not news to you because you've heard it a lot. You've shared it with other people. You've sang about it. Uh, maybe some of you guys have even taught other people what the gospel is. Right? And so for you, like maybe... Um, Maybe you're like, yeah, I, I know this. Where, where are we going? What? Okay. And here's, here's a look at what Paul says in verse one. He says, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel, which I preached to you, which you received, and in which you stand. So Paul's writing this letter. You know who his audience is? Believers. These are men and women that have already, at some point in time, put their faith and trust in Jesus. Like they've believed the gospel message that Paul's preached. So, so think about it. Like it, it's easy for us, I think, if, if we're honest, to think of the gospel message sometimes as like something for, for them. Right? The gospel is for people that aren't Christians. The gospel is for people that aren't believers. The gospel is for people outside of the church walls. Right? And in a sense, yes, it is true. Right? There's an unbelieving world that needs the hope of the gospel. That is true. Right? But if we're not careful, we kind of think of, of the gospel as being like an entry point for people out there, and we forget that, that we need it still. Right? Because Paul's audience, right, the recipients of this letter, were, were professing believers. Men and women that had put their faith and trust in Jesus. They had believed the gospel. Right? Which brings me to... My second point, which is that not only does the gospel save us, but the gospel strengthens us. All right, now this is, this is for us as believers. All right, if you're here, you are a Christian, you are a believer, you've, you've repented of your sins, you've put your trust in Christ. Listen, the gospel is still for you. Like You need it. Right, the gospel is not something that we... Uh, it's not like the turnstile at the amusement park that when you go through that, then like you go on to other things. You know what I'm talking about? The gospel is like it's for all of the Christian life. Like we need it daily. We need to be reminded of it daily. It's we, we never uh, move past it. All right. There's a, there, the implication here is that like we don't do not graduate from the gospel. Like there's no point in your Christian life where you'll say like. Yeah, that's, I don't need that anymore. That's for, that's for way back then. Right? Because, um, and look, look at what, how Paul phrases this. Again, going back to verse one, he says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. So, um, are there any English teachers in here? Okay, good. Because I might, I might butcher this and I don't want to be judged. So, so there's some language. Paul uses like specific language here. He talks about 
the gospel being for our past, right? He says, this is uh, in which you, the, the gospel which you received. So, so previously they'd received the gospel, past tense. He talks about the gospel for the present tense, right? It's in which you stand. The gospel is good news for now. But then he uses this, uh, according to the Google machine, his present progressive tense or present continuous tense. Again, I'm, everything you believe on the internet is correct, right? I Googled it and that's what it said. So um, he says that, that it's by the gospel that you are being saved. That's that present progressive. So the gospel is good news for our past, thankfully. Amen to that, right? The gospel is good news for our present, like here and now, but the gospel is also good news for our future, like moving forward. And the, again, the implication is like you're, you're going to need this gospel. You're going to need to be reminded of this good news time and time and time and time again. Right? Because it's not, uh, author Tim Keller says, it's not, the gospel is not the ABCs of the Christian life. It's the A to Z of the Christian life. It's all of it. Okay? So um, this week... I had a, a uh, an article come to my inbox. I subscribe to a lot of stuff, and a lot of probably like you guys. I could, sometimes I just delete without really looking at it. But this one caught my attention because I would say it's actually providential, like the timing. And the title of the article is "Why Do Christians Need to Hear the Gospel Every Day?" So, knowing where I was going this Sunday, I was like, "Hey, I should probably make note of that." All right. So, let me give you. Um, let me give you some things that the article says. Okay, it says we need the gospel. Uh, we need to hear the gospel every day. It gives eight reasons. The first is to evoke praise and thanks to God. And I'm, I'm just going to read this so I don't butcher what the author said. Uh, but he says we should daily meditate on what God has done in Christ and offer up to him the worship and thanksgiving of which he is so deserving. Right? He says that we need to hear the gospel every day to remind us of our identity in Christ because we easily forget who Christ truly is and who we are in Him. We need to hear the gospel every day to sustain us. Right? We need to meditate on God's Word and gospel truths uh, to, to make us fruitful, to feed us, to water us, to grow us, and to keep us firm through trials. Right? He says uh, we need to hear the gospel every day to keep us from sin. This is the gospel sanctifies us because though we grow in love uh, through it, we grow in love for our Father and we desire to please Him with our life. The gospel is a greater treasure than any temporary gratification, a greater pleasure than sin to enjoy. It says we need the gospel every day to motivate us to do good works. The resurrection of Jesus Christ frees us to spend our lives to no longer uh, live for ourselves, but for those around us. Uh, it talks about uh, how the gospel protects us from despair. No sin we commit makes God love us less. The gospel frees us from despair. Right? Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, which was shown to us through the gospel of the cross. All right, just a couple more, real fast. It says we need to hear the gospel every day to encourage others around us. When we're reminded of the gospel, we are more prone to share a word of encouragement with others throughout the day. This encouragement in turn builds them up in the gospel and ministers truth to their hearts. Then it says, finally, we need to hear the gospel every day to beat down our pride. A sober reflection on our sin and what God has done for us in the gospel destroys our pride 
and cultivates a spirit of humility before the Lord and others. So there's reason after reason after reason after reason that we need to hear the gospel every day. It's not just good news for them out there. The gospel is good news for us. It strengthens us. It sanctifies us. That language that that Paul uses where he says that we are, are being saved, uh, that, that might like weird you out a little bit. He's like, wait a second, I thought I was already saved. Um, and the, the point he's getting at is like, we live in this sort of uh, between two worlds sort of thing, like, like the already and the not yet. Maybe you've heard that before. Like we, we are already who God says we are in Christ, but we haven't fully realized yet that yet because we live in a fallen sinful world, right? And so... So as long as we're here, we're going to be living in between. Like, okay, this is who God says I am in Christ, and yet I, I don't, like, I haven't fully nailed that yet, right? And so Paul's talking about us being saved. It's, uh, in a sense, we are, we are uh, realizing the fullness of what our salvation is, right? As we lean into the gospel more and more every day. It's, it's the, the big Bible word, or actually I don't think the word's even, in the, it might be in the Bible. Sanctification. You guys have heard the word sanctification? That's this idea that we're being conformed more and more and more and more into the image of Christ right? over time. And usually it's painfully slow, but it's the gospel that strengthens us and it's the gospel that sanctifies us. We don't grow, we don't grow past it. We grow deeper and deeper into it. All right, so the gospel saves us. The gospel strengthens us. Those two are pretty explicit here in the text. Uh, but, but the third one I want us to look at is, uh, it's, it's more implied than it is said explicitly here in this text. Um, but I, it, it's consistent with what you would see from Paul's writings throughout the New Testament. So here's, let me read uh, verse 3 again. Paul says, For I delivered to you as of first importance, what I also received. For I delivered to you, Paul saying, I delivered to you what I also received. Right? And, and, and the Im- implied point here is that, um, is actually my third point, is that the gospel sins. The gospel sins us. Right? If you know, uh, you know Paul's story, here, here's what Paul's saying here. He's saying, hey, I received the gospel, and now it's my job to, to send it on to you, right? And if you know Paul's story, you know his testimony, like this is, this is what happened. This is his life. If you, if you don't know, I don't want to assume that everybody knows, but um, you can read the full story in Acts chapter 9. Here's the recap. Um, Saul, he was referred to as Saul uh, in Acts chapter 9. Paul, Saul, uh, was an opponent of the church. He's an opponent of Christianity. Uh, he persecuted the church. He would uh, go and find Christians and have them arrested and imprisoned and, and at times delivered over even to be ultimately executed, right? So uh, Paul was not friendly to the church. Sorry, Saul was not friendly to the church. And then one day he's on his way to go uh, and actually arrest and imprison more Christians when uh, the resurrected Jesus shows up. Maybe this is why Paul argues so much for the resurrected Jesus, right? But the resurrected Jesus shows up to Paul and says, hey, um, what are you doing? Why are you persecuting my church? And 
Paul, you know, doesn't really have a response. And Jesus is like, yeah, you're on my team now. Okay, that's not, there's more that happens than that. That's the paraphrase. Uh, you can read about it, like I said, in Acts chapter 9. But, but Paul goes from being an opponent of the church uh, to a, a believer, uh, a missionary, a church planner, a, a preacher. Um, right? he, it's a complete 180. Because Paul... Uh, received and believed the good news of the gospel, that Jesus had come, that Jesus had paid for his sin in full, all of it, past, present, and future. And that changed Paul's life. And so Paul spends the rest of his life um, delivering the same message that he had received to all of the, basically the known world at that point. Right? The, the message that he had received and believed he now delivers. He once persecuted the church. Now he's being persecuted to grow the church. The, the gospel message that Paul received, he's now delivering on to other people. And, and, and the point here is like, for us, is that when the gospel does the same thing to us, those of us who have received it, who have believed it, it was never meant to stay with us. The gospel was, is never meant to be something that, that we just hear, it's good news for us, and then we just kind of hang on to it. No, we're, we're meant to be conduits to a world that desperately needs the gospel. Right? It doesn't come to us and, and like, we can't, we can't live like we've got a kink in our hose, right? That it comes to us and it just stays here. Right? We've received the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we deliver that to a world that needs it. Right, this is, and this is Paul's point in uh, his his second letter to the Corinthians. Let me flip over there. I think it's on the screens. Second Corinthians, chapter five, starting in verse seventeen. Here's what Paul writes. He says, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come." So this is anyone that's believed, that's that's repented of their sin and put their trust in Jesus. Verse 18, he says, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, listen to this, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. This is what Paul's getting at. That, that we are, we who have received this should also deliver it. Right? We who have received and believed should also deliver. Right? Saved people, maybe you've heard this before, saved people are sent people. Right? Those who have believed the gospel, like we have a responsibility to share that with the world that needs it. Right, we do. So here's, here's how I want to land the plane this morning. Okay? Is um, I've got three questions that I just want to prompt you, maybe make you think a little bit. Okay? Three questions. First one is this Has the gospel saved you? Right? Has the gospel saved you? Now, I can't answer that question for you. Right? I don't know your heart. Right? I mean, Beside the fact that this is my first Sunday here, but, but even like, ultimately, like, that's between you and the Lord. Like, 
Have you repented of your sins and trusted in Jesus alone for salvation? Right? Whether you're here in this room or you're listening online, like I want you to ask this question as we start off the new year. Like, have you, have you trusted in the gospel to save you? Right? But the second thing I want you to, to kind of think about is this, is um, where do you need the gospel to strengthen you? Right? Is, I don't know about you, but I like the new year because it gives me a time to like stop and just reflect on the last year and look, look, look ahead to the new year. Um, I don't, um, like I don't make a lot of resolutions necessarily. I don't know if you guys do, but, um, but it, it's a chance to like kind of reorient, right? And so now like I fully acknowledge that nothing really changes between December 31st and January 1st, other than the fact that we all write the wrong date for the next two months, right? And our insurance deductibles reset. Bummer, right? But, but it is this time to, to think, like, where do I need to grow in the coming year? Or as I look back on, on last year, like, like where, did, where are there opportunities for me to grow in the coming year? And so my question to you is, where do you need the gospel to strengthen you this year? All right, just some things from that article. Is it in, is it in gratitude? Gratitude for what God has done for you. Listen, I know if you look back at 2020, it, sometimes it's hard to look at it with gratitude. But the reality is that God was doing something in it. I don't know. Right? And the gospel reminds us that, that God is for us. And even though we don't fully understand what He's doing, like we just sang about a few minutes ago, we, we don't see that He's working, like He's working. The gospel is proof. Right? That, that God would take this instrument of suffering, the cross, and would use it for our good. So maybe we just need to grow in, uh, in our gratitude. Maybe we need to grow in trust that God would provide, that God would um, sustain us. And the gospel is proof and evidence of that. Right? Maybe we need to grow just in our, our battle with sin. Right? Maybe, maybe the last year being cooped up with your family for extended periods of time in your house revealed some sin in your own heart. Just me. Okay. guess I'm the only one. Um, but right, like the gospel, the gospel should, should strengthen us as we, as we move deeper and deeper into it. So, so where do you need the gospel to strengthen you this year? Maybe you don't even know. And maybe your prayer this morning is just like, God, show me. Like, I don't know where you want me to grow. I don't, I'm ignorant to that. I have blind spots. We all have blind spots. Maybe you just ask the Holy Spirit to show you where, where is your place to grow? All right, so has the gospel saved you? Where do you need the gospel to strengthen you? And then the third question, to whom or to where is the gospel sending you? Because here's, like we said, saved people are sent people. All right, the gospel was never meant to uh, stay with us. And then... Acts 17. So like the, the ver or the chapter right before um, Paul sort of preaches in Corinth and the church has started there. The chapter right before that in Acts chapter 17, uh, Paul is, is preaching to um, some people in Athens and he says, he's talking about God and he's explaining God and his omniscience and his omnipotence. And then 
He says this statement that I've just come back to time and time and time and time again, especially in this season of, of, of my life. I think it's verse 26. And Paul writes that, that God has uh, determined the allotted boundary places or boundaries and, and time periods of our dwelling places, which is to say that you are where you are and I am where I am because God has designed it this way. Like this is where he has us for this season. It's no accident that you walked in here this morning. It's no accident that, that my family is in the middle of a transition from Somerset to E-Town. Right, this is not an accident. It's because God is, is doing something in us and through us. And, and the places where he has put us and the people that he has put in our kind of our spheres of influence like these are the people that, that need to hear the gospel message from us. Maybe it's unbelievers that need to hear it for the, the first time, or at least respond to it for the first time. All right? But maybe it's people that, that are believers that just need to be encouraged, that, that like us also need to be strengthened. All right? So to whom or to where is the gospel sending you? Who, who are the people that need to be um, reminded of the good news of Jesus? Who are the people that need to be reminded of, of the good news that, that Christ came to pay for our sins? Right? Who are those people? Because here's, here's, I don't know all the statistics about this area. I've heard some, some stuff during our, uh, our interview process and all that. I know this is an area that, that has a, a huge need for the gospel. Okay, I, I know that. Mostly because I know that every area is, is an area that needs the gospel. But, but I know there's a huge opportunity here. And the Lord has placed us here like for a reason. Like this is our space to play. And he's put us here for this. So has the gospel saved you? Where do you need the gospel to strengthen you? And to whom or where is the gospel sending you? All right, those are the questions we're going to dwell on. I'm going to invite the band up. I think they're going to close us out in, uh, in song. Um, but I'm going to pray for us here in just a moment. Man, if you need to respond, um, I will be here in the front. Um, if you don't feel comfortable coming and talking, I understand that. I get that. Um, right, you can. There's ways for you to respond. They'll be on the screen. Um, if you need prayer, if you need for us to follow up with you, if you just want to have a conversation, you need some counsel, um, that's what we're here for. All right, that's what we're here for. And so there are ways for you to respond, whether it's here in person, uh, whether you're online, uh, there are ways for you to respond, and I would just invite you to do that this morning. All right, but let me pray for us before we sing. Father, we come to you this morning, and uh, Lord, it's just good for us to be gathered and to be reminded of the good news of the gospel. And so I pray, Father, that as we start um, kind of a fresh start this Sunday, a fresh start to the new year, uh, but also a, a fresh season of ministry here at South Wilson, um, Lord, I pray that, that all that we do would be grounded in the good news of what Jesus has done for us. So, Father, if there's one here in this room or, or listening online that's never, uh, that's never trusted in you as Savior, Lord, I pray that you would, uh, you would convict them of that this morning. And, and conviction is a good thing. Conviction is not a bad thing. Conviction is what brings us to you. And so I pray that you would convict where there needs to be conviction. 
Father, for, for those of us in here that are um, believers, that we have, we have received and believed the good news of Jesus, um, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen us in that. Or that you would comfort us and encourage us and um, or just remind us of your goodness to us. And then, Lord, I, I pray that as we look forward to a year of ministry um, and long term, as we look forward to, to what, what I hope and pray would be many years of fruitful ministry here, I pray that you would help us to, to see the people around us that you are sending us to. Maybe it's coworkers or neighbors or um, classmates, teammates, Maybe it's even people in our own homes. Lord, help us to be bold, um, to share the gospel, not not to keep it to ourselves, but but to be uh, to be deliverers of the gospel, as Paul was. So, Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we pray, and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.